2: We played well. We played well as a team. Defense. I thought defensively, we really played well. Uh, turned them over a lot. Forced tough shots. We played great. What's the credit? The improvements in defense.
0: Are you guys just talking more, or what? I think.
2: I think honestly, we're, we, we understand the rotations are a lot more better. Uh, I mean, smart, you know, the ball pressure with smart Avery, PT, uh, makes the big jobs a lot easier in pick and roll coverage.
1: So uh, I just think we're playing more as a team. Celtics win 104 100. That's right, I said Celtics win. Been a while since we've done that one. This is the Garden Report powered by Linda.com on CLNS Radio and Celtics. So the Celtics win this game in what we are dubbing the Jared Sollinger redemption game because he once again got taken out of the starting lineup because he was late for shoot around, Mm. stuck in that terrible Boston traffic, supposedly. We'll buy that. We'll buy his explanation. Uh, So we're going to start off first by introducing a person that I've missed so dearly ever since he left us to go cover the Oklahoma City Thunder Travis Singleton from blackathletes.net welcome thank back to
2: the show thank you for having me I, it's been a long time you know I still watch you all still you know representing the garden report you know what I'm saying so just because I'm out there doesn't mean I'm watching you all you know you all are taking care of business more than the Celtics are right now, so (laughs) gotta just give you a little shout out there. I mean, every show's a win as far as I'm concerned. It's it's understandable. We don't lose on the Garden Report. Understandable, you all are
1: undefeated. The viewer always wins. Even when they lose, they still win. So Julian Edlow, CLNS Radio and WEI.com as usual. So we're gonna talk about (laughs) Jared Solinger's performance. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. We're talking about Jared Solinger's performance. We're gonna talk about the way the Marcus Smart switch to point is working out pretty damn well. And then we're going to hear a little bit more from Travis about what's going on in the Western Conference before we hand out the Box and Ball Award. So first off in part one, we have to talk about Solinger. He shows up late to shoot around today. Second time he's been late in less than a week. So he gets benched again for Tyler Zeller, and uh, there's even a possibility that Danny Ainge might issue a fine. Uh, I mean, Solinger comes off the bench. He plays pretty well, leads a bench unit that was really the key to the why the Celtics won. And they were – the bench unit's been playing pretty well lately, Julian. But what did you see out of Solinger tonight?
0: Yeah, the bench has been playing well lately, no matter what combination of starters they seem to use. But from Solinger, you know, he, he took it for what it was. You know, he admitted that he was late. He said it was because of traffic. Personally, I believe him because I was in park for 45 minutes on Sturow Drive today. So I'm buying it. But either way, you're in the NBA, you're making the big bucks. Be there on time. Anticipate that. It's a Patriots parade day. Find a way to get there on time. In terms of the game, Salinger played really well off the bench. He was efficient in short minutes. Uh, The 14 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Did good stuff. Made the two go-ahead free throws that gave the Celtics the lead for good. So, you know, he bounced back well. It's going to snow
2: some more. So leave early, Jared. Leave time. I just feel like, you know, him being late again, he's played two back to back, great, you know, great games off the bench. So if he's late again, he might do it again. Who knows? He might come off the bench and lead them again, you know. But I mean, like you said, he has to be a professional. You know, he has to understand that there's different scenarios, you know, the Patriots parade, the snow. So he has to still be a professional and come to work, you know, ready to go, you know. So there's no excuses when it comes to this league. You know how the hard work and dedication comes into play. So. You know, he definitely made sure that he looked out for his teammates, you know, when he came in. Because when he's late, I know he, I know it hurts him because he feels like he's letting the team down, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so at the end of the day, the way he played and those two big free throws he made, you know, to push them over the edge. I think that it shows his character and how, you know, hopefully he can get over the hump and, and hopefully not get fined.
1: Well, we know with Boston traffic, whenever there's snow, you expect at least a half hour extra yeah, whatever definitely. you think your transportation time is going to be with the way it, with that we had that gridlock where it took me two and a half hours to go home which is about five miles more at work mm-hmm. yesterday so we know that it's going to be really bad yeah although i guess Solinger was in new york so maybe he didn't get he didn't get to see all that but well, new york is pretty much the same thing but solinger there's been some questions about accountability to himself and to the team over the years and we I think this year we've all been a little bit disappointed in that we didn't see the kind of linear progression that we were seeing year to year. Maybe it's just because you left and you didn't really have the motivation (laughs) anymore. I don't really know what it is. But with Sollinger, you just the on-court play isn't quite up to the standard that we we're expecting Travis mm-hmm. so when there's off the court issues and mm-hmm. he's had his fair share of off the court issues there was Definitely. a domestic assault issue going a little way back which kind of disappeared and it looked like it had a mutual resolution but we don't mm-hmm. really know what happened there yeah. but this one is obviously of a different less severe nature but yeah. still it's still very important
2: i think that i think that he's you know he's grown Over the years you know like for me talking to him he's more mature now Mm -hmm. you know but he still has some growing up to do you know you're still he's still three years in, I believe in the league now so it's like you're still trying to you know figure things out but at the same time you got to be able to you got to be able to come to work and and be dedicated you know last year he looked a little more leaner you know now I see him in person this time and I'm like you know he, he probably gained a little bit you know look he looked a little sluggish but you know his shot is still there he's still aggressive on the boards You know from my opinion you know on the outside looking in you know you guys know see him all the time Mm -hmm. you know but for me seeing him now i'm just like you know there's certain things that i feel like he needs to do to get over that hump because i feel like this is his team now you know in a certain extent you know what i'm saying so i mean he has to he has to set the example you can't be late make sure you diet well, make sure you get more lean so you'll be able to handle these big guys on the block like a Al Jefferson or something like that or LaMarcus Aldridge. You need to slim down a little bit so he can, you know, expand his game and, and show growth. And I think that it's coming. You know, it just, just got to be able to apply himself. Well, two things on what you just said we were walking
1: out together when the game was about to start mm. and I, I made a kind of joke about how brandon bass was like the last guy getting introduced which is like the most yeah. important player on the <laughs> yeah. team yeah. that says a lot especially the, uh, to what jared Sillinger did when brandon bass who we absolutely uh, absolutely adore on this show But he's not exactly your uh, kind of your best player on the team. That was that was a a stunner player. But yeah, I mean that's the state of this team. Yeah, and Solinger's got. I mean, we've been saying that Solinger's got to step up. He talked about him being out of shape. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's it's like when you don't see your aunt forever and she says, "Oh, you've grown so much." But like, (laughs) what are you talking about? I look, I look the same. I was Um, just gonna say that. You know, we don't.
0: It's telling that you know we see him every day or every few days, and you know even a two week road trip, you don't see see him often here. Yeah, you know when. You don't see him for a little while. You come yeah. back, you notice. Something. Yeah, you yeah, notice things. Definitely. But the
1: thing is, there was a play that blew me away where he, I think he missed a shot. He went back kind of sluggishly on de- play defense. Team went on a fast break where he was kind of like the outlet guy on the break. Mm-hmm. He just, he just watched. As they fast broke, yeah. he never even crossed a half court line. Like that's like yeah. the barometer for hustles. Do you at least I cross mean, the half court line? He's, he's just kind of watching a lot of the time there. And yeah. this team wants to run. They took almost. Yeah. They took one short of 100 shots a hundred shots tonight. Yeah. Jared Solinger's yeah. watching the team going into transition doesn't fit in with a team that's taking hundred shots.
2: I, I, I think he's the the guy on this team. You know, he he needs to step up and and make you know set that example. You know, and and like I said, this is my first time seeing him all season in person you know playing and it's like you know it's mind-blowing to me because I thought last year he was making those steps to you know to making you know getting over that hump to actually you know progressing his game you know he was talking about how hard his dad you know gets on him and stuff like that and and how he's a big role in in impacting his life and you know seeing him tonight you know there was a couple of plays that he could he could have you know actually hustled a lot better you know and, and showed a lot more effort but at the end of the day I still love the progression that, you know, he shows on his jump shot. Like, now he's improved it a lot more. It's more efficient. Um, You know, I think he had, what, 14 points tonight? 14 on uh, 5 of 12 shooting. Yeah, so, you know, he he can be a lot more efficient when it comes to his jump shot. But at the end of the day. Two for three
0: from three.
2: Yeah, so he's still still growing. You know, I love Sully to death. That's that's one of my friends I consider him a friend and you know I just I just want to see him do good you know and I want to see the Celtics do good so if they're transitioning into a fast-paced running gun type of team then he has to adjust with that too get lean you just got big times you, you guys are BFFs <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my guy right there Sully <laughs> he probably has
1: the tattoos as Travis right? On <laughs> all right we're going to come back for part two we'll talk Marcus Smart some more We'll talk about the Western Conference, and then we'll hand out our awards. This is the Garden Report, powered by Lynda.com, on CLNS Radio and Celtics blog.
2: I think I said that um, a few games ago. Um, we're, we're learning how to win um, at the end of close games. It, it takes a while. Um, you know, a few years ago when you know Doc was here, um, we had a lot of vets on the team that obviously knew how to close games out. and um, We're a very young team now, and we're, we're learning every single day. And, um, we're trusting in,
1: in brad's plays and um you know we're trusting in each other, and that's big for us. Um,
0: being a young team, um, depending on one another, because anyone can make a big shot for us. We just all have to have that.
1: I mean, he's confident. Um, you know, that's one thing I tell everyone. Um, when you're a young player and you're out there not thinking, is the game is easier for you, and you can see him out there. He's not thinking; he's just playing basketball. He's been playing basketball his entire life. And, um, you know, sometimes you can get nervous at this level, but he's just out there
0: playing,
2: and he's he's making big plays for us. Yeah, he is, man, you know, he's so low to the ground, he's quick, you know, he, he causes a matchup problem for anyone who guards. I was fun, you know, to to see uh, J-Way out there, uh, you know, uh, he hasn't really got to play that much this year, and to see him out there knocking down shots, playing defense and, uh, you know, contributing to this team, it was, it, was a, it was a fun game for him to really watch.
0: How much progress
2: has he made? A lot next you know, uh, I think uh, before... Uh, our last game here uh, against the uh, Miami Heat, the game, before he was in dealer, he had 9-3, so, you know, uh, that's always a, a good thing and a good
1: sign for this team to be able to bring him up, another shooter, another scorer on this team. Welcome back to part two of the Garden Report. We're here with Travis Singleton and Julian Edlow. Uh, we're going to talk about Marcus Smart now. So Marcus Smart goes into the starting lineup as the point guard, and, of course, the Celtics win two in a row. So that's pretty much all that we makes have to sense say to
2: there. me makes sense to me too
1: so i mean evan turner running the point has its ups has its downs marcus smart isn't really there as a point guard yet especially not as a scorer. but he's making good passes julian he's getting in a good spot so he seems to be kind of getting a rhythm for kind of like what it's like to be an on-ball point guard in the nba and you look at the numbers again tonight eight assists ten rebounds who is he russell westbrook or Roger Mondo. People compare yeah. him to Russell Westbrook. I don't I mean he's not quite that a type player, explosive but I never heard of that. You know, a,
0: a, poor, a poor man's Russell Westbrook, <laughs> sure. He's <laughs> y- poor man's I mean he's got young, young. a lot we'll <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the move to insert smart. I've said on the show, you know, a lot of times Sellinger's the best player, feed him the ball in the low post and stuff, see what you have in Sellinger so that when he becomes your second or third best player, hopefully down the line, he's comfortable in that a go-to player role that's what you have to do with smart starting evan turner at the point guard accomplishes nothing for you long term so the correct move it might be unfair to smart but i mean so far he's responded well to it you throw him into the fire you see what you have in that player and so far he's responded you know he didn't score the ball tonight he had four points in his 41 minutes you'd like to see that be a little bit better but he has shot remarkably better from three recently mm-hmm. and then you know the rebounds the assists the steals the defense ty lawson was really impressed with him when we talked to him after yeah. the game with his defense mm-hmm. i'm i'm a fan of giving marcus smart more 41 42 minute nights the
1: really? rest of the season and just let him go well just one thing you said it might be a little unfair to throw him into the fire pretty sure if you ask marcus smart he's going to say i want to start I, in the nba as he, as he and should. i want to play every want single minute yeah, of yeah no game. i mean that's yeah. what you
2: want yeah, I totally agree. I think I think the biggest thing for me, you know, on the outside looking in is the fact that he's playing those big minutes now. You know what I'm saying? Forty mm-hmm. the forty one, that's that speaks volumes to me. Yep. Because at the end of the day that's showing that they have trust in him now. And they're kinda giving them the keys like, Look, all right, you know, you're you're our best option right now for the point guard position. You know, at the end of the day he's making great he's making great reads. You know what I'm saying? He's finding people where they want to be found. I saw him hit Avery Bradley a couple of times in this soft spot in the corner three. So you see the progression in his game, you know, and, it, and it's evolving, you know, like, like how I saw him in, in summer league is totally different from how I saw him tonight. And, and I like the, I like the progression he's making, you know, because he's growing as the games go on. I mean, even Evan Turner compared to his, you know, his, their ball handling skills is so two different, you know, different you, know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. when it, when you actually do a big change like that, drastic change is actually for the better. You know and i think that the team will also will also adjust to that situation too because if you put him in that situation he already knew that situation was coming once he got drafted because he already knew the situation with rondo so he was waiting for this moment and i think he's going to take that moment and actually you know be able to shine and and i hope that he i, I honestly he got snubbed with the rookie you know the rookie sophomore the rising mm-hmm. stars or whatever but yep. um in my books he was definitely supposed to be there you know and that's how good i think he could be
1: well, the thing is, Linux probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. It would make sense for Smart to replace them, but Smart's a US player, Olynyk's a role yeah, player, yeah. so we yeah, don't yeah. really know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, you, you look at the you're talking about the progression of Smart's game. Mm-hmm. When he first started playing, he was just a spot-up shooter in his defender. Definitely, definitely. Now, they're able to put the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. It, at first, it was just kind of he would dribble around, screen, try to find a mm-hmm. shot or yeah. pass it off, but now he's actually making forward movements, he's making forward and backwards passes. We're seeing yeah. that he can come around a pick Get into the mid-range area, and he's able to hit a cutting guy on the baseline or hit a quarter shooter. Where you saw that he was able to do both of those things. That's the loudest thing in the world rolls by the camera. (laughs) I can't even hear myself talking right now. Uh, hopefully you continue can hear through me. That's what these little mics on here are for. Him. But um, you, you see there's very clear marks in the way that he's progressing. Yeah. He's able to find different types of cutters, different mm-hmm. types of shooters. His vision is starting to open itself up. Yeah. And he's renowned for having being a scorer with really good vision. However, right now he's just a guy with decent vision yeah. who's not a scorer. So the next impetus is for him to have that vision but be able to actually make the move himself. And once, yeah. he can, he, once he can do that, he's fairly unstoppable player. What I like about Smart is that all the things
0: that we kind of said he couldn't do, sometimes it takes, you know, two, three years for guys to improve upon him. We're starting Mm -hmm. to see those improvements now. And the earlier we see them, the better he's gonna be in year two, three, as he progresses. So like, you know, he was, he shot just under a shade under 30% from the college, the point line in college. He's already shooting. I don't know the exact number right now, but it's 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 like 38. Right, but you know, since he came back from that ankle injury, I think it's around 43. Yeah. Yeah. percent from the nba that's line. incredible I mean, for a guy that's that ridiculous for 20 it's a, yeah. ridiculous yeah. for a 20 year old kid and he's improving his ball handling his vision he can clearly rebound at the nba level with his size so how fast he's improving is what impresses me the most i would say
2: i think the biggest thing for him is actually going up against these all-star point guards and actually picking them apart you yeah. know what i'm saying actually being able to Assess what they're doing offensively yeah. and, and try to pick. Yeah, one. yeah, Lawson was very he was very <laughs> he tough was tonight. Really good tonight. You know, he was really good, and um, and Lawson gave him his props tonight. You mm-hmm. know, and it just speaks to the the IQ that he has for the game because defensively, everybody knows he can try to when he gets in that lockdown mode, he can lock them down. But also, how do, how do you lock somebody down but still try to pick their brain and try to be able to be like, oh, okay, let me let me add this to my game, let me do this, let me do that. You know, so I think as he plays these great guards and actually sees what they're doing he's going to be able to do the same thing in second and third year. And he's going to be able to, to learn. You know, the NBA is bumps and bruises, you know. And I think once he gets over that, he'll be all set. Well,
1: I guess what he learned from Lawson tonight was to be a lot faster <laughs> and a lot better ball handler. Because Lawson is so fast, it's unbelievable. Yes. Both in the, his agility, just going through the lane, his acceleration yeah. down the court, he is unbelievably fast. He is, He's yeah. like he kind of reminds me a little bit of what Rondo was doing when he was kind yeah. of at like the early prime of his career. He's very
2: elusive, you know. Yeah. That's one thing I saw him do some passes tonight where I was like, "Oh yeah. man!" Like he had one where he just like passed it like he was shooting, but he flipped it backwards, and I was yeah. like. I was like, what is this guy? <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. A little bit of genius up there. Yeah, I mean, he's leading the Western the Conference in assists, so he has to get some credit, you know, and he's, he's been playing well for them. It's kind of funny how you're talking about assists. The two guys
1: averaging 10 assists in the league right now are John Wall and Ty Lawson. And exactly. A couple of years ago, we were barely even cracking like six assists. Against. Yeah. So we had the assist numbers kind of turn around over time. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs>
2: So, quickly, before we go to the
1: award ceremony, let's talk about the Western Conference. You're out okay. there covering the Thunder right now. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Before yeah. we were going on the air, we were talking about the the wet dream, basketball wet dream, that would be the Warriors versus the Thunder in the first round. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm sure you're obviously well, wanting that to happen. We were talking about the Pelicans and the Thunder playing well, the playoffs. I wish, that's not, yeah, gonna that's not going to
2: happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Obviously yeah, not. It's one or the other, yeah. But um, everybody in Oklahoma City wants, wants the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? When, uh-huh. when you – it's, it's just the fact that everybody knows that we would probably be the most dangerous eighth seed in NBA history if you look at it because there's no way you're going to stop Westbrook and KD in the first round. Except like, for
1: the last time the Thunder were the eighth seed. The last time, no. you know. But, I
2: mean, <laughs> this time around, you know, I'm the, I, I like to be the lucky charm for everything. So, you know, this time around I hope that, you know, things are, you know, definitely different. But, I mean, the way that we're playing – we just have to get everybody, you know, healthy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? If we can get everybody healthy and, and everybody into rhythm, I feel like they haven't been able to gel together because every time like we added Dion Waiters to the mix, KD's hurt. You know what I'm saying? So many other people, you know, Reggie Jackson's role's been up and down this whole time. So if they can actually get on one accord, I think that they would be the scariest A seed. And to be the man, you got to beat the man, as Rick Flair would say. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you got to be able to go in, go into Golden State. And if you, you think you're the better team, go there and beat them. You know, it's, it's been hard for us to cover the um, Splash Brothers, though. clay has been killing us. And also, Maurice Spray, um, Spates. He's been unbelievable. Out of, yeah, when, actually, a like day. a six-man. Yeah, man yeah, yeah. 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 He's, year, he's been unbelievable. Every game he's played us, he's had over 25 this season. So, that just tells you what, he, what he's capable of doing, too. Like, when it comes to, you know, we have Ibaka. But the thing is, when you throw David Lee, Spates, and Bogut at the situation, it's like he can't block all three somebody else has to come in and Steven Adams has been huge for us. And Perkins has been huge, mm-hmm. you know, as of late, um, I heard he was getting MVP chance tonight. So, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's That's like, very funny. you know, and, and, you know, and it's crazy because Perkins is, is one of those players that if he's in the, if he's in the, you know, if he's in the game mode and he's actually involved in the game and he's not coming off the bench, then he's one of those players that he's going to be in your face, kind of like what he was doing when kg was around you know so mm-hmm. it's it's been special to to cover them and i think that eighth that eight versus one will be will be one of the best you know but I, I i honestly think that they'll end up the seventh seed what's your impression of scott brooks as a
1: as a act
2: i mean he's good with the media yeah, but yeah, of as course. far
1: as an actual game manager there's been a lot of criticism yeah. over the year yeah. sticking with uh sticking with perkins yeah. in yep. the finals which i thought was one of the worst coaching decisions mm-hmm. in recent history yeah. i mean what what being able to watch his decisions up close, yeah. understand his philosophy,
2: um, what do you see? Honestly, like I've, what I've realized with the thunder is, is, um, you know, it's, it's not like the Celtics. Celtics have sets. They, they run offensive sets. And with the Thunder, <laughs> all these fancy sets I mean, over here, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, like pick and roll and pass the ball. yeah. <laughs> well, I the mean, point
1: you're about to make is the Thunder don't really a, have assists. Yeah, they don't have and, that's, exactly. and I think you're making my point. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. They
2: they don't have run. You know, they don't run offensive sets. You know, and and it's more so one on one playground basketball. It's more so passes to KD. Let's see what he can do. Passes to Russ, and let's see what he can do. And the way that Russ has been playing this year, he's been saving Scott Brooks, in my opinion, because he, he's Definitely. been going to the basket. Yeah. You know, without a care in the world, you know, and the way he's going there, it's like it's either an in one or a foul without him making it or he's just going to get the foul and miss, you know, so he's just been that efficient when he goes to the basket. And I, I just think that if he was able to actually have certain plays I, like he doesn't have any inbounds plays at all. And it's, like, like, there has to be, like, certain plays that you it's, just set up. Their plays are going to just,
1: like, try to find Durant, really. It Which works because Durant's, like, 20 feet It off, does work. Yeah. But when he's
2: out, it's, like, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? It's just play through Russ. And I feel yeah. like he's been saved a couple of times because of how good they play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think this is one of those seasons, like, if they, have, if they don't make the playoffs, he won't be back. Yeah. And that's in my personal opinion.
1: Well, that would make sense. I just You look at that team, you look at the talent they have there. They clearly have the talent to win a title whenever they want.
2: Whenever they now, want. Now, when they yeah. were
1: playing great, they were kind of similar to the Mavs where everything mm-hmm. revolved around the centerpiece. That yep. was an absolute offensive force who yeah. could also move the ball well yeah. and because of his height and his length had the vision to get the ball wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. And then you have the counter firepower, for Russell Westbrook. They have the supporting parts in peace, but they, when when things break down in the NBA, you have to rest on your great players right yep. the thing is they that always works. rest on their great players so they don't really have an alternative they don't have a plan b system yeah they don't. and that that seems to be kind of their downfall whenever they get really
2: close yeah i think another thing too is the fact that the media doesn't really jump on the star players out there like whenever there's a bad game it's reggie jackson it's sergey box you know what I'm saying? it's not like they will never say that russell don't Katie, even understand that
1: concept i'm
2: yeah. just that's just how it is it's because if you, I feel like once they actually come at Katie or Russ, it's like they automatically feel like, oh, oh they're attacking me type of thing mm-hmm. or they don't want to take the blame for actually stepping up. Like, you're the star of the team. Step up. You know what I'm saying? Instead, if Reggie makes a, a turnover with two seconds left, but then he gets it back, you know what I'm saying, they'll still bring up something that he did. You know what I'm saying? Instead of the shot that KD misses or something like that. So it's totally different, as in with Boston, like, you know, huge critics here, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you mess up, you mess up. It's on you, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like sometimes the players don't own up to it. So when you're in an environment like that, when everything's handed to you on the platter, you know what I'm saying, then you're in a situation where the coach doesn't really get aggressive with you either, you know? So I feel like, honestly, I feel like for the Thunder, a great fit for that team will be like a George Carl or 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 a um or even a Mark Jackson, even though we talked about Mark Jackson earlier. I'm going to kill you. Are you I just, I just think that I sometimes players... Need that motivational speaker in that in that in that huddle, and I feel like if Scott if if Scott Brooks is trying to be motivational, they're not going to listen as much as they would listen to, to him. Even though we talked about this earlier, and but it, I, I it's just not like feel they like, have a
1: system that they're holding up now that they wouldn't have what a I'm Jackson. Saying, like, it wouldn't be that much different. You know what I'm saying? So,
2: but George Carl is my number one candidate for mm-hmm. that that opportunity. Like if it presented itself, I feel like Scott Brooks gets saved every single playoffs. You know, KD got hurt, then Russ got hurt you know, in the playoffs, and then remember that bad series they had against Memphis when they yeah. they got mm-hmm. smacked up, you know, so it's like every time somebody's getting injured, and, and I feel like, you know, hopefully this is the year where everybody's healthy playoff time, and they can really show exactly what they're about, you know, and I think adding Deion Waiters to the mix was, was pretty good, too. It hasn't worked out yet because of, you know, the injuries and stuff yeah. like that, but the rhythm will get there, you know, he just had a 24-point game the other night, so... I think I think once he gets into the rhythm, he'll be, Jack, he'll be all set. Jackson
0: and Waiters are both coming off the bench, right?
2: Yeah, they are. And that's, I think that's another I that the most fascinating
0: back-up back backcourt in the
2: that's, a, that's another thing, though, because you got <coughs> players that are worrying about their contracts, too. Like Reggie came into the year me, day one, media day. He said, I want to be starting. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody like that, it's Which is aut- funny because
1: you're playing behind an MVP candidate, and, a point guard. Exactly, there, exactly. And you're not defending well enough to play shooting and, guard. See,
2: and the thing is, once you once you do that, you're automatically the dead man walking because it's like, okay, now he wants to be a starter. He's gonna want starter money. You're out you're and, you're on your way out. And, and everyone is and
1: everyone's been saying all year he's gonna leave. I mean there's not a soul in the world that I, thinks he's gonna stay. I say feel like I has. feel like they should except um, for Sam Presti. Yeah,
2: I feel yeah. like they should make some moves before before the trade deadline. Definitely. I heard a couple of um rumors about getting Brooke Lopez on the team and um also Roy Hibbert. I mean, so we'll see what happens. And Wilson Chandler too, who played tonight.
1: I mean if they can trade Reggie Jackson for either of those guys in a heartbeat. Yeah,
2: definitely. I agree.
1: All right, so let's go to our awards now boxing out we'll start with give you the honors your set of the
2: night my stat of the night is gonna be uh i'm gonna go with the 19 19 offensive rebounds for the boston celtics tonight i think that was really huge um offensive rebounds definitely leads to second chance points so that was um really big for me and sullinger had five by itself um so i think that the effort was there tonight you know they they came out and they definitely were on the glass and um they made an effort they the, the thing the thing about the celtics that i love about them the record doesn't show how hard they play, you know, and they they I mean, the way that they play, they're definitely playing as hard as the Sixers play, you know, and they're playing their hearts off for Brad Stevens. And the way that they hustle, there was a whole bunch of Tommy points tonight, you know, and a whole bunch of crucial steals at the last, you know, mm-hmm. last minute of the game that sealed the deal. But at the end of the day, they were on those boards. You know, those rebounds were really big for them.
0: Yeah. So I was going to go with a three point differential, as we talked about. You know, the Nuggets shot 16 percent, the Celtics shot 42 percent. But scratch that. I never even (laughs) said that. Then we started talking about the Hawks. The Hawks starting five wins the Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Western Conference Player of the Month, James Harden. Eastern Conference Player of the Month, Hawks starting five. I just find that amazing, unbelievable. It's just a cool tribute to to what they've been doing. And I don't think we'll ever see something like that. I don't think so
2: either. 17 and 0 in January. B-
0: but a starting five win a conference player of the month
1: i don't think we'll ever see that again i, don't, th- I, I mean, don't think we will where you can't really say that one guy is more valuable than the other in that rotation definitely can't i mean i love demari Carroll. is probably the least valuable or like <laughs> yeah, the most least likely, on an but individual but basis still, the most yeah. least impactful but i mean all all four uh, those four guys are all phenomenal and they i they really should all be all-stars and it mm-hmm. might even end up mm-hmm. working out that way it minor, this yeah. play, a yeah. big
2: yeah. shout out to Kyle Corver this year man 50 50 and 90 Yes, that is that's that is unheard of. That's unheard of. That's amazing. Never has happened. Definitely never
1: happened again. So, okay, for me, I'll just jumble them together. So for stat of the night, 99 shots from the Celtics and they had eight guys that took at least nine shots. So the distribution was incredible there. And then for me, my baller, I mean, Ty Lawson was the most outstanding player in this game, (laughs) but Avery Bradley, his performance on both ends at the end of the game, getting crucial steals, taking Ty Lawson out of the game at the end of the game too, where he got assigned to him.
2: Bradley was phenomenal at the end of this game. I'll go. My baller of the night was uh, Evan Turner. He had um, almost a (laughs) triple-double. He had uh, eight rebounds, eight assists, and seven points, but he was all over the place tonight. Um, It just seemed like he was always at the right place at the right time tonight. And, um, you know, that, those stats just, just show, you know, the effort. Like I said, effort and, and definitely being able to be a team player, you know, and be, be able to adjust to the situation, you know, with, with Marcus Smart and stuff <laughs> like that. Being able to come in and still assert yourself into the lineup in any kind of way like that, that's very impressive to me. So, like I said, near a triple-double, so I had to go with him. Yeah.
0: I like the near triple-double with no actual, no actual <laughs> yeah, statistical yeah. categories. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I'm going with Marcus Smart tonight. As I said, I'm a Marcus Smart fan. I just like how they're throwing him in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we went over the four points, the 10 rebounds, the eight assists, the three steals. He's very active, he does a lot out there. But just going off one thing that Travis said when we were talking about Russell Westbrook, how he's getting to the basket every yeah. time. Getting to the basket, getting fouled, getting mm-hmm. layups. That's the area where Marcus Smart needs to grow. And that's Definitely. something he did in college. He's you know, trying to be maybe a little too much of a point guard at times, relying a little bit too much on a jump shot at times. Once he starts getting into that lane, if he can do that, that's when his game is really going to start to yeah, round out as, definitely. you know, a, a really good player.
2: I agree. Co-sign.
1: All right, that's going to do it for us, Trevo. Thank pleasure, you, man. man. Thank you. Thank you. It's always, always, a pleasure. always good to have this always guy pleasure, on the show. Man. Always good to have Julian on the show. Always good to have <laughs> oh, Kyle <yeah>. behind <laughs> the camera over there, Shout wearing his hoodie, rocking out over there. So I'm Jared Weiss, throwing we'll be up. Back to his with hands. you after Friday's game. And then one more game on Wednesday. I think they're playing the Hawks that game. And then yep. I'll be down in New York covering all the All-Star events. We'll have tons of videos for you there. We'll see this guy there, too. <laughs> We're going to be partying it up in New York City. So, oh boy. <laughs> for CLNS Radio and Celtics blog, this was the Garden Report, powered by lynda.com. Peace out.